This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. It, uh, I'm really excited about the show today. We've got uh, the elections coming up, and I, I know people are concerned about you know the, the elections for Senate and the president, but we also have some important initiatives on the ballot. and. We're going to be talking about Initiative 65 or 65A today, and it's great to have Hannah Shirley from the Meacham Law, Meacham Law Firm and Andy Taggart from Rhymes and Graham and Ed Langton from the Mississippi Board of Health with us today. Um, can Ms. Shirley, Mr. Langton, and Mr. Taggart, would you please talk a little bit about um, your backgrounds and your interest in Initiative 65? Um, Hannah, you want to start first? Sure. Good morning. I'm excited to be here this morning. My husband and I are both attorneys. Uh, we live in Gulfport and we own Meekum Law Firm and we do immigration defense. I'm also a mom to three kids. And in my free time, I recently started tweeting about cannabis policy at Cannabis Law MS. I'm specifically interested in Initiative 65 because ultimately I just believe that cannabis has medicinal value. And I'm really just a Mississippian who cares about Mississippi. Um, and our state consistently ranks at the bottom for health care. And I really just think medical marijuana is a great opportunity that our state has that we can uh, improve the health and the lives of suffering Mississippians. Mr. Langton, you're on the, the board of health. Um, as a as, as a, uh, a board member, would you talk a little bit about your your position and on on six, uh, 65 and 65A? Sorry, it seems to be cutting in and out. Um, let's see if we can get there. We go. Or am I back? You're back, Mr. Lincoln. Yes, we I'm see you fine. Yeah. Uh, right. What happened was the health department back at the end of December of 19. Uh, welcome the proponents to come in and explain their initiative to us. Uh, and we had some other doctors that are specialized in medical marijuana, in marijuana per se. Uh, and that would be from Ole Miss that's got a program of growing it, the only in a state. And those doctors uh, gave their position and so forth. And after listening to all of the different individuals there, uh, the health department came out with both a resolution and an op-ed uh, where we did uh, uh, in opposition to this 65. 65 has got a tremendous amount of uh, faulty provisions that the public really is not aware of. If they go in the voting booth, they will see a short 19-word description of what they're voting for. When there's 2,500 words and seven pages that are posted on the Secretary of State's website, that document has been legally crafted, uh, not like any of the other 34 states have done, and uh, provides absolutely almost like another government over state government. 
it supersedes and overrides uh, state government to where they cannot control what they've put in this initiative that's like I say, seven pages long and very difficult to read to the layman. Right, thank you, Mr. Taggart. Uh, what about your role in, in all of this? Thanks, Dean, and thanks for the privilege of being with you and your listeners today and with my colleagues on the, on the uh, program. Um, my interest really is both policy and, and personal. Uh, from a policy perspective, I just think it's a really, really bad idea to enshrine marijuana in our state's constitution. Uh, even if it is a medicine, no other medicine is in our state's constitution. No other drug that I'm aware of is in our state's constitution. And we shouldn't let a $14 billion industry, uh, which the marijuana industry is, into our state constitution. Uh, the other reason, frankly, is personal. And I don't, I don't play off people's sympathies, but it's just an objective fact. My wife and I lost our youngest son to suicide after a year of illicit drug use that started with marijuana use. And as you might appreciate, that uh, energizes my interest in this issue. All right. Thank you. Well, it's good to have all of you here. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to ask, what, what exactly is the difference between 65 and 65A? You know, I, I, I really know that the voters, I, I, well, I think it might be. 65, first of all, it was started by uh, Joe Baumgart, Mississippi representative, that's put $2 million of his own money into it getting this passed there's another billion dollars that has come from out-of-state cannabis uh, companies that's three million dollars of almost four million dollars that's been raised strictly to get this put on the constitution to override state government um, he's involved in some venture capitalist funds that promote the industry the medical the marijuana industry now, we say medical marijuana, but there is no such thing. If I say medical ice cream or medical vodka, it doesn't make ice cream and vodka medical. Medical, we have got numerous, um, numerous entities such as the uh, Mississippi State Medical Association, Mississippi Farm Bureau, Mississippi Independent Pharmacy Association, Mississippi Baptist Convention, uh, the Family American Family Association Action Network, uh, the United Pentecostal Church, the State Board of Health, the Board of Medical Licensure, Mississippi, UMMC, um, and um, Medical Licensure, uh, Dr. L. Soley and Dr. Walker, who uh, have been doing this for years for research, Mississippi Realtors Association, Hattiesburg Clinic. So if all of those compassionate medical professionals are against this, they're against it for very valid, justifiable reasons. This is not a medical product just because you put the name medical on it. This morning, we are talking about the medical marijuana ballot initiative on the November 3rd ballot. So, folks, you're not able to register to vote now. That was that ship has sailed. That was yesterday. If you are registered to vote, absentee voting has started for the November 3rd general election. I have a question. I'm an undecided voter on this issue, and I have a question. I'll ask, pose it to uh, Ms. Shirley. 
because hope maybe you're familiar with how 65 was drafted and uh, got onto the ballot. I, I feel like a number of individuals who are against 65 are against it because of its wording and because it's putting um, a medical uh, item on the Constitution. If if this did not pass, if there was no neither 65 nor 65A passed, uh, is there a way for doctors to prescribe uh, marijuana to their uh, patients? So, um, Ms. Shirley, can you do you know um, about how the um, how doctors could prescribe marijuana if 65 wasn't passed? Yes, um, and I want to talk about how the initiative got on the ballot in the first place and how 65A came to be. Um, what 65 says is it's a campaign that will make medical marijuana available to qualifying patients in Mississippi under the qualifying care of a licensed physician. And in this country, there are 33 other states plus the District of Columbia that already have state medical marijuana programs. So these programs aren't just happening in progressive urban states. In 2016, uh, our neighbors, Florida, Arkansas, and Louisiana, all legalized state medical marijuana programs. And they did that also through a ballot measure. Um, and like our state, the, they embody the traditional conservative values that Mississippi uh, represents, but they also value less government intrusion. And that's why I'm confident that medical marijuana will be successful in passing in Mississippi. Uh, there was recently a poll this fall, I think it was conducted by Millsaps College, and it found that 80% uh, of Mississippians support allowing patients who are suffering to um, possess and consume marijuana for medical purposes. Um, I also wanted to add that the first state to pass medical marijuana was California, and that was back in 1996, so 24 years ago. And that just shows you we're definitely, as a state, we're not on the forefront of this issue, and we're fortunate that we can look to 33 other states um, that have already served as guinea pigs, and we can look at their actual data, like things like their crime rates, the opioid dependencies, the overdose rates their increase in jobs, the economic impact, and even just traffic trends. And we can see how legalizing medical marijuana has a positive impact on a state. Well, Ms. Shirley, and I guess I'm more, I'm wondering, do you know how, what other states, uh, the crafters of this initiative, did they look to other states' wording? I guess I'm, I'm curious about the, the wording for it, you know, whether or not uh, an individual thinks, you know, believes that marijuana could be a, uh, a, a, a drug that works. Do you happen to know how the wording came about for this uh, initiative in Mississippi? Yes, um, and this is really important to understand. In Mississippi, our politicians have had multiple chances to pass a medical marijuana program through the legislature. There have been over 20 proposed bills, and they've all been blocked. 
uh, the politicians in our state have never even brought a single medical marijuana bill to the floor for a vote. And so the remedy for that is the initiative process. And that allows Mississippians access to propose new laws indirectly. And the result of the initiative is that they do end up as constitutional amendments. If you read the Mississippi State Constitution, the reason that medical marijuana is going to be as uh, they previously quoted, enshrined in our constitution is because that is the avenue that our constitution provides for citizens of Mississippi to pass indirect laws outside of the legislature. Um, and at the time when the initiative came before the legislator during the process uh, of registering it, the legislator had a chance to either approve of the ballot initiative or reject it or a third option of proposing an alternative measure that it will appear alongside the original initiative. And this is how 65A came about. Um, basically, it's a very shortened version. It's essentially just a paragraph uh, compared to Initiative 65, which is over seven pages of highly regulated programs that did rely on other states' programs um, using a lot of their language, but also coming making every state is different. And so along the spectrum, their goal was just to uh, have a moderate approach to our medical marijuana program in the state of Mississippi. We're going to continue with our discussion with Hannah Shirley from the Meacham Law Firm, Andy Taggart of Taggart, Rhymes and Graham, and Ed Langston, a member of the Mississippi Board of Health. Exactly what will you be voting on? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. is in legal terms. Now, not everyone has a chance to listen to our show live. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Okay, on the ballot, first... You're going to have the option to vote for approval of either initiative measure number 65 or alternative measure number 65A versus against both initiative measure 65 and alternative measure 65A 
And then second and separately, you're going to make a choice to vote for one for Initiative Measure 65 versus for Alternative Measure 65A. This morning, we are talking about the medical marijuana ballot measures with Hannah Shirley from the Meacham Law Firm, Andy Taggart from Taggart Rhymes and Graham, and Ed Langston, a member of the Mississippi Board of Health. And folks are excited to participate in this show. We have four calls. We're going to go to Kay, who's called on the road. Kay, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What is your comment or question? How y'all doing? And forgive me if my phone goes out. I have two questions. Is there a no option? Because if there's a no, it seems kind of like a strong arm. And secondly, I work in healthcare, and we see a lot of patients who have Medicaid or managed care. And with managed care, it's supposed to provide the services that Medicaid would, but there's no oversight of it. And many patients go without because there's no way to force the managed care companies to comply. So I heard one of the panel members say that there's no government oversight in one of the options. How would that work? Who would be over it? And I'm going to hang up and and let y'all answer. Thank you, Kay. We appreciate you calling in. Professor Gershon, would you like to direct, uh, help direct one of our uh, experts to take this uh, call? Uh, Mr. Langton, you're on the board of health. Who would be overseeing uh, the... uh, supervision of medical marijuana uh amendment 65 puts the health department in charge of that and um we would be the only agency we would be in charge of going from seed to sale that means agriculture um agriculture uh the processing the growing uh the distributing and the sales and uh any any sales will get the equivalent. They'll have a fee, is the way the constitutional amendment reads. They'll have a fee equivalent to a seven percent sales tax rate that that the marijuana business will charge. But that that money does not one red cent goes to the state. There's a huge misconception that the state will get money from this to be able to do education, roads, bridges. Uh, so forth that uh, sorely needed. So all of the money stays in a special fund. And the way the constitutional amendment was drafted is to say that the state nor cities nor municipalities can tax or fee anything to do with the marijuana business. Uh, All of the money stays there for its benefit. Miss Shirley. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. Ms. Shirley, do you know, uh, is it possible to you can vote, uh, I guess what Kay was asking, you can vote first, you can vote against both, and then you wouldn't vote on the separate vote for one. You would skip that if you wanted to disallow medical marijuana? Yeah, the first question on the ballot will be whether you are for or against a medical marijuana constitutional amendment. So that includes both 65 and 65A. So if you're opposed, you only need to answer one question, and you would answer no to that question. If you support 
uh, implementing a medical marijuana program in our state, then you need to answer yes on the first question. And then, then on the second question, you would choose between either 65 or 65A. Great. And for your vote to count, um, you have to, if you are in support of medical marijuana, you have to vote yes on the first question. Okay, well, let's take another call. We're going to go to Sue in Beaumont. Sue, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Yes, this is so confusing because I have my ballot here, my absentee ballot on the table in front of me looking at it. And uh, it, it's so they made it so confusing. I said Democrats must dug this up. But anyway, how, what what if you want to vote for approval of it, you just mark the first the first the question there. You don't if you mark the second one, it's against both, right? Right. The 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 there's two parts. The first part you have vote for approval of either. That means you do want to allow some kind of medical marijuana, yes. or you could vote against both. That means you don't want any kind of medical marijuana medical marijuana and then depending whatever you vote on the top or uh, you know for or against you still can vote either for 65 or for 65a so if you didn't want medical marijuana at all you could vote against but then you know if you don't win that you can still have your voice heard on 65 or 65a and if you wanted miracle medical marijuana no matter what you could vote for both and then on the second part you can vote for either 65 or 65a well that's still not very plain <laughs> yeah, okay so so if you approve of it you vote up here where it says approval or either initiative measure then down below where it says and vote for one that would be for initiative measure number 65 uh, well that's that's your choice the 65 okay. is the one that medical marijuana 2020 did the uh, signatures for and the 65a is the one where the mississippi legislature provided an alternative Let's, let's let's talk about that a little bit because I, th I think that's what the 65 and 65a we got some experts and uh Please. why don't we uh first I, I think ed you you are am i wrong that you're in favor of 65a or are you uh, are opposed to both i appreciate you asking that question richard uh and this is what has as we can tell from the callers it is very confusing the ballot let me say again, the Secretary of State has got an ex explanation about it, but respectfully, Hannah, what, what you were telling people is not accurate. You, you vote against, you then can vote the second part and vote 65A instead of 65. And I say that because if you're against marijuana period, any constitutional amendment, shall I say, then you have the right, and the Secretary of State has advised voters, you have the right to go to the second portion. And then if you don't win that first portion, if, if shall we say, there are more votes that vote for an amendment, you can then go to that second part and assure yourself that you're not going to have this, this 65, which has got all the problems. You vote for 65A, and it's more of a state government is back where they can properly research and get true medical product, a medical marijuana, by the research done, and especially at Ole Miss, it's been done for a long time to kind of get uh, true medical product out of it, which we have for FDA approved, 
uh, drugs right now that are made from cannabis and CBD oil. So uh, 65A, you want to vote for both against and then 65A. Uh, and then those proponents are the ones that vote for, and then, they, of course, they would vote for 65. Is that accurate, Hannah? Um, not my understanding, no. Uh, for your vote to count on the second question, my understanding is that you would first have to vote yes, that you support either. Is it, The first question asks your, do you approve of either 65 or 65A? And if you vote no on the first question, then you do not need to complete your ballot any further because the second question asks you to choose between 65 and 65A. Well, that, that's what the proponents are trying to do to get people and not vote for 65A, but you can and your ballot will be counted if you vote against and then vote for 65A, and I think that's what Liz just explained earlier. Uh, so I suggest everyone go to the Secretary of State and look, but what Liz said and what I said is accurate, and that is you can vote against and you can vote for 65A. Well, we will make sure and have a link to the Secretary of State's right. website on this measure on the digital information for the show. We've got another call we're going to go to. Let's go to Dr. Easterling, who's called in from Vicksburg. Thanks for being a part of our show today. Uh, go ahead. Thank you very much, and thank you for allowing me to speak. I, I want to just echo what Mr. Langston and Mr. Taggart have said. Um, uh, this this is uh, going to be a constitutional nightmare, in my opinion. Uh, we keep using, or some people keep using, the term medical marijuana. There is no such thing as medical marijuana. I'm board certified in addiction medicine. I practice addiction medicine and addiction psychology. I was a psychologist before I went to medical school for 40 years. And there is the uh, FDA, the federal government, has classified cannabis as a <clears throat> Schedule One, which means it has a highly addictive nature. And number two, it has no medicinal uh, properties to it. Now, having said that, as Mr. Langston said, the cannabis plant has 113 cannabinoids substances in it, and we have FDA approval for some substrates of, uh, of uh, cannabis, but uh, there's no evidence that cannabis in and of itself has any medicinal purpose. Now, having said that again, what we ought to do, and this is beyond this conversation, is is, is, is take marijuana out of a Schedule One and study it. There's been no studies on humans in the United States on cannabis because it's illegal to do so. Uh, Mr. Langston has mentioned Dr. Elsoy at Ole Miss. He is the world's foremost authority on cannabis. He's done well, hundreds and hundreds of papers on cannabis. He says there's no medicinal purpose that he can find or has ever found for cannabis. So this is going to be, uh, as I said on Gallo yesterday, this is going to be a dumpster fire. Uh, there's, there's very little regulation on it. What we're going to do is basically legalize put in the Constitution, which has never been done in any other state, uh, a drug that's not approved by the FDA to be used as basically uh, pot shops. These are not treatment centers. These are pot shops where you go and you buy an equivalent of 10 joints a day uh, to, to supposedly treat up to 22 maladies, none of which have been shown, shown to be effective. And also there's a caveat at the end of the 22. It's whatever your doctor may think it helps after that. So uh, if, if we want to use 
to look at cannabis for medicinal purposes, then let's let's take it out of Schedule One, which the feds can do, and let's study it like we do every other drug. All right. Well, we appreciate you so much for calling in and participating on our show. We are talking about Initiative 65 and 65A, medical marijuana in Mississippi. Our guests are Hannah Shirley from the Meacham Law Firm, Andy Taggart from Taggart, Rhymes and Graham, and Ed Langston from the Mississippi Board of Health. How did these two ballot measures get on our November 3rd ballot? I'm going to tell you next. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. Try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill, and we do hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast. There are lots of different podcasting platforms. I happen to like Podcast Addict. I downloaded it to my phone. I touched the plus, and it takes me to a page to search for podcasts. Then I typed in in legal terms in the search area it brought up the name in legal terms and then i'm able to touch on the photo and i'm subscribed when any new episodes are loaded up this morning we're talking about the medical marijuana initiative on the november 3rd general election ballot with our guests hannah shirley from the meacham law firm and andy taggart with taggart rhymes and graham and ed langston with the mississippi board of health. Now, Initiative 65, it got on the ballot because more than 100,000 registered voters petitioned to put it there. The alternative got on the ballot because legislators put it there as state law allows. We do want to remind everyone it's too late to register to vote. That was yesterday. You can get your absentee ballot now. You can also go into the polls on November 3rd. We'll have information about voting from the yallvote.ms website and we'll have some a lot of information about this initiative will be on the podcast on the website for all of this and we have we have four calls let's go ahead and go to uh jack in hattiesburg uh jack thanks for calling in today what's your comment or question for the show yeah, I wanted to say it's really simple. If you for the the, the uh, bill, you just you vote 
yes and you vote for the one with no letter. That's 65. If you're against it, you vote no and you vote the one with the letter. It's just that simple. They made this way more complicated. You either put it on there or not. Do we want to? Do we vote for it or not? It ain't that. It ain't that complicated. Do Mississippians want it or do they don't? Put yes or no. This this right here is a classic example of how the legislation up in Mississippi loves to confuse the issue when it's something that, because what it comes down to is if they, if this if this fail, then it won't come back on the ballot for for another ten years. That's the problem right there. If you for it, you vote yes, and you vote for the one with no letter. If you are against it, you vote no, and you vote the one with 65-8. It's just that simple. Jack, you just summed it up. Thank you. We appreciate you cutting right through and helping us with that. Let's now go to Watson in Sumner. Watson, thank you for calling into In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. I just wanted to respond to the doctor from Vicksburg comment that if we if we pass either of these amendments that we're um, basically making these centers pot shops and not treatment centers. And my question was simply, is the language in uh, either Amendment 65 or 65A, does it specify or limit what doctors need to see in patients to be able to prescribe them uh, medical marijuana? Yeah, I'd be glad to answer that if that's all right. Uh, that, that is another thing that's very uh, misunderstood. Many, many people think that this is a prescription for marijuana. It, there is no such thing as prescription because it's an illegal drug. So the way the amendment was crafted in the wording, the legal wording, was to say that a doctor only has to certify you. And when the proponents discussed 22 or 23 ailments, uh, uh, different medical conditions, embedded right in the middle is chronic pain. Now, we all know that the opioid crisis started because the Joint Commission convinced, Big Pharma convinced uh, the hospitals to get accreditation and so forth. They put the little smiley face charts up in the hospital. So when you say you have pain, they say, well, the only way I know your pain is for you to tell me which face is your pain. So if you say I'm number 10, the frowning face, then the doctor says, I'll give you pain medication. Well, that's the way medical marijuana, so-called medical marijuana will work, is that in, in Colorado, 93% of medical marijuana cards are to younger people for chronic pain. Chronic pain is what you can tell the doctor, and the doctor simply says, I certify that you're eligible to get that medical marijuana card. Then you go to what's called a treatment center, which there is no treatment. It's another medical uh, crafting of words. And, and a caregiver, which is the person that sells marijuana, that's the caregiver. So the pot shop gives you the marijuana, and you get uh, 300 joints per marijuana card per month a family of three where the parent can give their consent to the doctor to give uh, the uh, certification for a child to get a marijuana card, that's 900 joints a month 
that a family of three can get. And that I'm gonna, child, can, can, can I ask this, though? I mean, sure. you mentioned opioids. You mentioned the opioids. And, and opioids are still legal, and they're still prescribed, even though we have a crisis in this country. Uh, and I, my children, when they had their wisdom teeth pulled, were each given 30 tablets of prescription for opioids. Fortunately, they didn't use them. I, I, I mean, and, and here we are. I don't understand why marijuana then is, is so demonized when in the society we allow things like opioids, et cetera. So my, my question to you is, or to anyone, is why, why is marijuana treated? If my doctor prescribes marijuana or opioids or whatever my doctor thinks is best for me, why is it up to, to any of the rest of us to make a decision that can or can't happen? Andy, you want to talk about that? Or? Dean, uh, hey, yeah, I'll be glad to. And first of all, I, I don't demonize marijuana. Um, and if this were a question of whether a doctor could prescribe known dosages and known potencies and that doctor in the exercise of his or her professional judgment was trained and believed that marijuana had medicinal value and could be prescribed in that way, That'd be a much easier conversation for me to have, but that's not what this constitutional provision would provide. Uh, as Ed pointed out, all a doctor has to do is say that you may have a condition that may be aided by marijuana, and then you get your card, but when you go to the pot shop, pot shop, you don't know what the potency is. You don't know what the dosage is. You don't know whether the marijuana there came from uh, Pelahatchee or from uh, Moss Point or from Iuka or what, whether the grower knew what he or she was doing. The, the concern here is that we are about to be on the brink of enshrining in our Constitution questions to which we don't yet know the answers. And your opioid example is a great one. 15 or 20 years ago, the medical community itself believed that opioids was the, were the answer to pain in our uh, society. And now we know that although they can be helpful when prescribed properly with proper dosages and uh, uh, under proper uh, prescription regimes, they are also extremely dangerous, notwithstanding what we were told 20 years ago, that they weren't even addictive. And that is a reason that we ought to be very, very careful about putting something like marijuana in our Constitution, in my view. We are talking about medical marijuana today. We're talking about our ballot initiative 65 and 65A. If you have a question, you can send it to legalterms at mpbonline.org. Man, our hour is flying by. We are just about out of time, but we are going to have one more segment and who is for which amendment i'll tell you when we get back this is in legal terms on mpb think radio
Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill, here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Now, Medical Marijuana 2020 is the organization behind getting Initiative 65 on the ballot. They have a list of 78 prominent Mississippians. They list as believing medical marijuana would be a beneficial treatment option to qualifying patients in Mississippi who have debilitating medical conditions. And uh, I believe Mr. Langston mentioned at the beginning of the show, there are multiple medical associations and boards and elected officials who have encouraged Mississippians to vote no on Initiative 65. Today, we're talking with Hannah Shirley from the Meacham Law Firm, Andy Taggart from Taggart Rhymes and Graham, and Ed Langston from the Mississippi Board of Health. Ms. Shirley, I had uh, had to cut you off so we could take our little break, but you go ahead, please, with your comment. Oh, no, it's fine. I just wanted to add and reiterate again that... Um, Initiative 65 does have a ton of support in Mississippi from local doctors, law enforcement officials, religious leaders, and our and our veterans. And people do believe that Mississippi deserves access to a medical marijuana program when a patient has a debilitating uh, condition. And 65 explicitly lists all 22 uh, debilitating me- medical conditions. They're defined. Um, and again, Mississippi is not the forefront of this issue. 33 other states already have a state medical marijuana program implemented, including our neighbors, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Florida. And Mississippi deserves the same freedoms that uh, people in other states have to access alternative medical options. And they deserve to be able to do that with counseling between themselves and their medical doctor if a doctor is opposed to medical marijuana that's fine they do not have to register patients they don't have to utilize medical marijuana in their toolkit of treatment options but for doctors who do acknowledge that cannabis has medicinal value this will be a great opportunity for the people of Mississippi well, let's, to vote yes okay. for medical marijuana. Let's see if we can get uh, one or two more calls in. Lewis, thank you so much for calling in from Brookhaven. Uh, what is your comment or question for In Legal Terms? Yes, uh, I work in a criminal defense law firm, and I'm glad to hear what the young lady just said. Uh, I'm coming at this, since this is legal terms, on the legal issue of I see so many kids getting criminal records over marijuana when I have, I'm a recovering alcoholic, but I've also done pot, 
And I say, you know, if we don't legalize this stuff, let's just cut the hypocrisy and shut the whiskey stores down because it is a much more destructive drug. But my main concern is I want to see these legal penalties that uh, young people get because they're out, you know, with the crowd and smoke pot and get busted and so forth. I just see, I'm also active with the drug court program and I see how much money the state is making off of these people in the drug court program, which is a good program, but uh, off of like marijuana charges and so forth. So uh, thank you for listening to me and that's my comment. Thank you, Lewis. Would uh, either of our attorneys like to talk about the legal consequences of this? Well, th- this is Andy again. I, I guess my reaction to the gentleman's comments, which I appreciate, and I appreciate the thoughtful way in which they were offered, is I, I wish to goodness my son had been busted, uh, because if he had been busted, he might still be with us. Uh, But the simple fact of the matter is the question of whether we have done a good job of of, uh, creating a criminalized structure for marijuana is a different question altogether than the question of whether we ought to enshrine it in our state constitution. My colleague at the bar earlier said that one of the reasons we have to put it in the constitution is the legislature won't do anything. Well, a year ago, everyone on this program would have said the same thing about a state flag. Whether you're for or against a new state flag, all of us would have said, well, the legislature's not going to do anything about a new state flag, but they did. The legislature does, in fact, respond to the people of Mississippi, and there's no question but that there is a significant segment of our community in our state who believes that we ought to change marijuana laws. That's one conversation that I would cheerfully have. I can't have the conversation about enshrining a $14 billion industry in our state's constitution. And I would just add and reiterate again that 228,000 Mississippians signed a petition for medical marijuana to be added to uh, the ballot measure. And these people did that because the legislature has failed to address medical marijuana programs. And the only avenue that Mississippians have in this state to propose new laws is through constitutional amendments in the initiative process. So I would encourage everyone listening, go read the state constitution and learn about how the initiative process works. And you will realize it is not as insidious as has been implied here that the marijuana industry is just coming and changing our constitution. The reality is that is the only avenue that Mississippi and regular everyday citizens have to change to make change and propose new laws. And I understand that the reasoning that, oh, I don't want it in the state constitution because I thought that the same, I initially thought that until I sat down and read the state constitution. Well, let's have our very last, let's have our last comment be from our listener, Kathleen from Osaka. Kathleen, what have you got to say on in legal terms? Well, it's an opinion. You know what they say about opinions. But I'm 69. I've lived through the Vietnam and my father in Korea and all this stuff and the rec- all these laws and regulations. Marijuana is a plant. Marijuana is like oregano and the other spices. You don't have to regulate all of them. Maybe you have to regulate this. 
but I don't want the government in on this because it's a racket for making money. Why should they give you a prescription for marijuana that you could possibly get for one-third of the price of hydrocodone and cigarettes? I have multiple health issues, and I hate the fact that I have to take these things. And my doctor knows I hate it, but I can hardly walk without these things. This needs to be addressed, not who's got their hand in the money box, box before the other one. And once you get politics into this medical situation, it gets like nonpartisan partisan. You could argue that all day. Kathleen, you 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 said it. Uh, you know, we've got a, a bunch of different issues. They're all tangled up together. But as they say, it's up to the voters. Thank you so much to our individuals who came and participated with our show. Thank you for giving of your time for this hour. We appreciate Hannah Shirley from the Meacham Law Firm, Andy Taggart from Taggart Rhymes and Graham, and Ed Langston from the Mississippi Board of Health. I hope we've informed some voters. Now it's your turn. You need to go out, do your civic duty, remind all of your neighbors, your friends, and your family. See if you can be any assistance to them in getting their affidavit ballots or getting them to the polls. Thank you for that's it for today's in legal terms. Thank you to Java Chapman for Jay White. So for Professor Richard Gershon, I'm Liz Gill on in legal terms. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.